Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 102 here on Monday, October the 15th, 2018. I am Joe Murata. Alongside me is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy doody. How you doing, man? Good. Romping through October here, and we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Thanks so much for being with us. As always, we have some great topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, as always, to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And Michael, there's a great place on the internet where they can talk to us, talk to a bunch of different fans of the retro wrestling. It's a place with a space that has a face. And well, it's called Facebook. Oh, it's Facebook. Facebook.group. Yes. Um, right. It's a good website where you can go on groups. How do you get to and it? And we have one of those groups. <laughs> How do you get to it? You go in the search bar on Facebook.group. Oh, yeah, that. And you type our vantage point, right. Retro Wrestling Podcast. You hit join, and then we uh, approve you. You know, operators standing by as usual. No at, CODs. At HQ, no at CODs. HQ. You don't have to pay for anything to right. get on this. It's an open bar. Uh, yeah. Open search we've bar. Just, we've just hit 500 members. We have, yeah, that many members. That's yeah, right. And it's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's a really fun time there because we just have fun talking about retro wrestling. You can throw in a little current, a little goofiness, you a know. Little Mike Francesa. A little Mike Francesa, okay. We encourage people of all wrestling backgrounds to join. Whether you're a WWE fan only bro yeah. or whether you like all the matches and things like that maybe you like the old stuff maybe with you like, like the wcw i don't know about that maybe you like killer kowalski Ooh, you know well, that's unfortunate <laughs> so wherever you come from join the group it's a fun happy positive time we really do try to make it very welcoming very accommodating and it's on the facebook and it's a great place on the facebook great face space yeah it's a great face space so we want to see your face on the face space so join the group get approved it'll be a really good time and Quinlan, later on in the show, of course, we will have some information about our Patreon. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And we'll have uh, some more info on Friends of the Show. And I want to remind you also, if you have the iTunes, Apple podcast, leave us a review. We haven't mentioned that in a while. Yeah. But we would appreciate a review. Also, um, a little bit of a reminder, a show note, I guess. We're now on Spotify.com or yeah, Spotify.service. Yeah. So if you use that, if that's something you have and you like to listen to stuff on there, you can easily, quickly, and uh, very nicely listen yeah, to us now, on Spotify. you can integrate us into your Spotify music. So yeah. when you're listening to um, White Bruce, Stripes, Bruce Springsteen or something. Right, Bruce Pritchard. You can say, you know what? I'm tired of the Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I want to go listen to our vantage point. And you don't have to switch apps or anything you anymore. Just, yeah, you, you can, can stay just, within the same app. Yeah, How about that? It's more convenient. It's very convenient. So, folks, as always, thank you so much for being with us. And, Quinn, as we kicked off Season 11 last week, we have a couple of new segments, the first of which is a new one, folks, called What's On Your Mind. And that's basically where each week Quinn and I are going to take turns basically talking about something that's on our minds in the world of retro wrestling. Quinn, I got to pick last week. We talked about Gorilla. Quinn, what's on your mind? Well, it, this is definitely in the world of retro wrestling right now. It's the hot topic. Hot topic. This includes the current product. Okay. But it's 
us retro people getting involved in it. We're the retro people. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's this concept that we can bring back old, fat, bald people <laughs> like The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels and, qualifies as bald and, now. And Triple H, who's also bald. Bald, yeah. Um, Kane's technically and, pretty and bald. Kane, who's fat. And, and, a, and a mayor. Yeah. And have them still wrestle like it's, you know, 1999. Okay. So basically just old timers still wrestling is that what's on your mind yeah, here yeah like this concept do you like it is there no. any successful examples of it yeah let's go through it and, right. and through the ages i guess um, cuz you know they've this has no been a intended. thing in wrestling for years yeah. but i think it's starting to become more of, of a prevalent issue especially now with the yeah. the age of big bombastic WrestleManias and we got to bring out everyone that ever right. existed in wrestling you know <laughs> it's kind of like, what it is you know and what do you think of all this I think it has its time and place. I don't think that time is often. Okay, so let, let's, how about we start with the now? What do you think of the, the now situation with this? I mean, in, on one hand, it's somewhat harmless if they keep the old people self-contained. Right, which seems to, I think we were talking about this off camera. Mm-hmm. It seems to be what's going on nowadays. It's that they, they don't have these old people come out and beat guys that are currently on the roster not all the time which is something they used to do a lot all the time um yeah (laughs) nowadays it seems like they they bring back two legends and they have them face off and they're like oh remember when you know this would be so cool if they could face one more time like that's kind of like kind of what they do and i think that's a little bit better that's a little better i kind of liken it to the rebooting of a lot of shows where everyone's just much older and it's just not the same for example Fuller House. Right. Right. I loved Full House. I know it wasn't like a high quality show. Oh, it, the, the new one's horrible. But Fuller House is really bad. It's called Full House, you dipshit. On one hand, you kind of get like the nostalgic value right. of seeing old ass Bob Saget and Dave Coulier being like, it's basically like, hi. Hi, we still exist. We still exist. And that's what I feel like when they do this this day and age, where, yeah, sure, if people want to see The Undertaker for some godforsaken reason in 2018 and Kane and right. Shawn Michaels, more power to him. I don't. But what do you really get out of that? Hi, yeah. they're worse now. The only thing I don't like about it, and I don't like that they do it for certain shows just at random, With it seems. The Saudi Arabia one? Does yeah, that grind like this, your gears? The Saudi Arabia one. Just I don't want to get too much into it, but that's all part of a yeah, let's, WWF being part of something that maybe not on the up and up. I'm not sure. Oh, Vince never. Yeah. Um. But anyway, you were saying something off camera Sorry. also that that actually intrigued me and i think we should bring up sure what is that, is that wcw tried to do this with slamboree oh, yeah. in, in 93 blackjack mulligan the master of the claw from eagle pass texas who cares what do you think about this um this concept of a, a pay-per-view or a show where it's just it's all the legends contained in one area and it's separate from everything and it's once a year or something well, like what what do you think of that have you ever seen heroes of wrestling because that's what that right. was could it be executed correctly this nah. day and age you know with guys, the guys are in better shape nowadays i guess medical Generally. technology is better or something I, well I and a lot of these guys didn't um, do as much harm to their bodies as some of the guys in the 70s and 80s right. had yeah or with the drugs or whatever i mean to what end is why i i start with why would you want to see it just a night of nostalgia like a just a just one night only maybe a two two hour show with a couple of matches uh with, but, with some older fellas but in it. why 
I don't know. I think a bit like the Masters tournament, you know, the like seniors, the, the, the you senior, mean? The Masters senior. <laughs> well, it's like, like old you, ass Greg Norman if, comes yeah, out and stuff. If you want to put it in kayfabe perspective, yeah. think about, you know, these guys technically are supposed to have the skill, but the, the their bodies are broken down so they don't have the ability anymore, right? So, but it's more fair if they're fighting guys who have that same handicap. So and not like, only do uh, we have gender classes and weight classes, now we have age classes. Right, that would, yeah. The above 45 group or something yeah, like yeah, that. It's like, it's like the one time tournament or something like this once a year, like stupid thing where that would be fun. I don't know. Like what is, I don't if, know if they were just more explicit about it and they didn't act like, Oh, these guys are way better than like anybody on the current, which they do. They do do that. Like, yeah, even I know. Though they, they only fight the legends. They still kind of act say like it's they're like, better. They kind of act like, yeah, Undertaker could beat Cesaro, which is just not a well, reality. He just but, beat John Cena at WrestleMania right, this past ex- year. Exactly. In like two minutes. Right. Well, let me ask you this, Gwen. Don't you, you're a big Shawn Michaels fan, right? Yeah. And I don't fault you for that. And I'm a big Bret Hart fan. And Bret, when he came back and right. wrestled, well, I, I was very upset, but A, he had a stroke and he, he it was shouldn't a little have been. different. But wh- what are your thoughts? Let's get it from you. What are your thoughts on seeing someone who has been retired since 2010, bald notwithstanding, now stepping back into the ring eight years later? He's 53 years old. Right. Do you want to see that? I don't necessarily want to. Um, it's only like I said, and I think Sean said it too, and I kind of agree with him. It's only if it was like the right thing. And I don't think Saudi Arabia is the right reason. To me, that just, it's such pandering. And it, uh, again, mixed within all this other stuff. I truly think it's either a WrestleMania thing or, like I said, a pay-per-view for like older wrestlers. Right, which I'm still not sold on that concept. But let me, let me. Would rem- you watch it? I mean, if it, if it happened. For curiosity, but there's no stakes involved, right? Like yeah, there's it's no. It's like a one time, like, well, once a year, maybe if they want to do it that way, like a once a year, like here's the right. old guys. So if it's actually entertaining, then sure. But, you know, nostalgia in wrestling, it's not always that good. And I'm going to br- give you an example. Back in the 80s, they had a thing called the Legends Battle Royal in 1987. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of people that at one point were good. And now, now what, they were old and fat. Th- this was, <laughs> was this the one where um, <laughs> Randy saying. Savage was mad that, like, Angelo Poffo didn't win or something? It wasn't in it or whatever I mean, it was. Or, yeah, it yeah wasn't probably, because he was always mad that people didn't like his... Do- his dad wasn't even that Nobody good. Nobody cared about Poffo. <laughs> Get out of here. He wasn't the macho, man. What <laughs> right. I always hated that, too. I know. Thank you for saying that on this show. <laughs> he wasn't really that good. What did he ever do? Yeah. Except a lot of sit-ups or something. If anything, like, if Bruno San Martino was in it, he probably should have won that. I'm glad you brought up Bruno. Because that was an example of where the crowds at the time in the right market in the 80s were still into it. Now, if you remember, Bruno formally retired in 1980-81, I want to say, after that Zabisco feud. Great. you know, And they brought him back and he wrestled a bit in 85, 86, and even 87 he wrestled. Right, right. In New York, mainly, or Boston, mm-hmm. where he had been popular. Where he had a fan base. And he did have notable feuds. He feuded with Roddy Piper. He feuded with Randy Savage. He had a match against Honky Tonk Man. Uh. But the thing is, is that Bruno didn't... Bruno went in there with the intention of really just wrestling and not overestimating and overstepping his legacy. Right. He was just a regular wrestler, but older. Right. When these guys come back now... The, even the announcers are instructed to act with this great awe and reverence. Like, yeah. oh, remember this guy? And yeah. you see it all the time in the Royal Rumble when fucking old-ass DDP comes back. And, and they, I like DDP. They eliminate four people. Yeah. Like, it's, like, stupid. But he's, like, 60. Yeah. Yo, it's me. Hey! It's me. It's DDP. What's number 14? 
Alex Page! Man, oh man! So, have there been times where it's good? Yeah, Bruno, I don't think it was that offensive when Bruno came right. back. But I bet you would say that it was horrible still seeing guys like Pedro Morales still around in the <laughs> oh, mid-80s. and we'll get to him later in this we show. We will. So, I, I mean, he... He never went away, unfortunately. Technically, no, I yeah. guess not. He was there until 87 or yeah, something. Yeah, but like you said, Bruno came back. Bruno came back. All right, how about this one? When Hogan came back, this is a, a pretty notable example. Right. I don't consider Hogan's O2 anything because he hadn't retired yet. Not really. I mean, WCW just kind of was shitty. Right. And like, he, he just was like, ch- he just checked out. Yeah, like, and he was gone for a little while. Yeah. But he left WWF in 03. I think he had a problem with Vince. But when he came back in 05 right. to fight Shawn Michaels, that was for one match. Right. So to me, that qualifies as like one of, the, one well, of these it's situations. It's like a comeback situation, yeah. And Michaels had been reactive now for three years Another at that Another guy that went on a comeback. So it was the battle of the comebacks. And in Michaels case, he was very young when he had to retire for right. a bit. When he came back, he was only 37. So Michaels comes back, and of course, Hogan's got to win. That's one case where I'd say, all right, why did they have to do that? Because what does it really do to help Hogan? Right. He didn't need that win. No, he didn't. I think that's one of the worst examples. I think, again, Sean was going to be there the next day. Right. And he, he was going to be there for like five, five more, years. more years or something. Yeah, it's something. I That whole Hogan thing was just it was bad. awful. And he also came back at SummerSlam 06 and beat Randy Orton, if you recall. Yeah. Which it, no one ever talks I, about. I totally forgot about that. That young yeah. up and comer, Randy Orton. It was just horrible. Now, there are some situations where it's kind of the reverse, where the legend should win. Well, I don't know, Quinn. What do you think? Because in th- this is a particular case. I know you don't like him. I, I, I just want to put it out there. But that Sting thing was bullshit. <laughs> like, like, that, that was, was great, that the was, Triple H one. That was really dumb. Because yeah, he wasn't but, even facing someone that was young. He was just facing like old Triple H. Yeah, but Sting's like, older by 10 yes, years. I, but still, Triple H was like at least 45 or something. Yeah, he was 45. Like, yeah, yeah, like, really? Well, like, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, though, Sting had never retired. He it was yeah. only his first WWF match. Yeah, but even more so. It just felt like if they're gonna, if the WWF was gonna make this big deal it's to so bring funny. back Sting, like, oh, this is so great, like Sting's, right. and like they even kind of like they didn't say it, but they kind of said it that this was gonna be Sting's like they real like, like they, and he hasn't wrestled ever since. Well, by the way, Rollins injured him after that. Oh, he got injured. Yes, okay. that's why he stopped wrestling. But I, I know what you mean. But what about this one? This is an egregious example. The Rock, when he came back in 04, that was fine. The team with Mankind helped him out. Right, yeah. One-off thing, right? Yeah. The Rock, when he came back in whatever the fuck it was, 13, and he beat CM Punk for the world that title. That shit was dumb. That is where this trend really kicked into high gear. Oh, was yeah, around that's that time. when it became a thing. So, just to rewind a year before this. Yeah, go ahead. Basically, John Cena and The Rock, they decide, like, they're going to have this match, and it's headline like the big subtitle like this is the thing they marketed to everything they said it a hundred million times they said once in a lifetime you'll never get to see this again right the rock versus john cena for the championship mm-hmm. like holy shit right and everyone was like excited about it they're like this is great like the rock he's not that old yet this will right. be fun right yeah. so they fight and the rock wins And you're like, why? What? Like, and so just to give another perspective on this is the John Cena's like in his prime. Yeah. Like he's like in his, he's still like Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. Like it'd be like if Hulk Hogan lost to Bruno San Martino in like 1985. Exactly. Like what? Why would they do that? Yeah. It was just stupid. It was something that didn't need to happen. 
And then we realize why it happened because the next night they're like, let's do it twice in a lifetime. Or they don't say that, but that's yeah, basically but that's what, what they were it turned doing. into. Let's do it again. In the interim, CM Punk goes on this, the best thing ever happens. The like, run that made him. Right. And then basically at the end of it, they're basically like, oh yeah, right. We forgot. We said that it's for the title. So he has to lose. You like, have to lose it to The Rock. But everyone like knows this in advance because they have to, like they said that. Like, well, it's not like they can't follow through on what they said a year earlier. That's yeah. they can, you know, it's WWE. Either way, but the point dumb. is, is that he beat the current world champion, a guy that had already had the title like ten years earlier. Right? Did not ne- more than that. Did not need right. to beat CM Punk. And I think in a lot of people's mouths that left a sour taste. Right. Whether you like Punk or not, and I think it was even worse, Quinn. Even worse, say I. When Goldberg came back, old ass fucking Goldberg in 15 or 16, whenever that bullshit was, yeah. and beat Kevin Owens for the world title or whatever, yes. the unit, whatever title Owens well, had. Well, he beat Brock first. And he beat Brock Lesnar. He beat Brock on his first match, and then they gave him the title Just by beating Owens the, so that he could fight Brock for the title. It's that type of stuff that pissed people off. Yeah. Because again, look, if you liked Goldberg in 1998, so did I. Yeah. It's the. It, the 18 years later at that point. <laughs> he was like really old. It was like we essentially it was the version of Goldberg where he hosts the show about cars. Like <laughs> but he's wrestling. Yeah, that's essentially uh, what on the is. history channel or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, we are currently at Goldberg's garage here in Southern California. Welcome. I mean, to put it in perspective, folks, in 1994, when Bob Backlund beat Bret Hart. Yeah. He was only, he was treated as a very old man. Right. He was only like 44. Yeah, he was He was younger than Triple H is now. Right. When like, Dickie Murdoch was in the Royal Rumble 95 and everyone's like, oh, he's old as shit. He was like 48, which is younger than Taker what? and Michaels yeah. and Triple well, H and but that's Kane. a little, that's. But he was only in a Royal Rumble. Yeah. And he, bar- that, yeah. he barely did anything. Right. These guys that wrestled at like Slamboree 93, they were only in like their late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about guys in their literal 50s coming in and being treated like they are still better than everyone there. Yeah. Despite any evidence. Besides the guts that hang out of their trunks. <laughs> it's I horrible. Mean, it's even been done like in reverse bad too. How so? Do you remember when Brock initially came back from retirement in 2012 and yes. he lost to Cena? Like, no, uh, Triple H. Or tri- so I, Yes, you're right, Triple H. Which was stupid. Right, yeah. They actually... Like his first People year always back, forget about that. Yeah, his first year back was bad, and yeah. then they fixed it. Right, and he had the feud with Punk, which was pretty good, and then the Undertaker thing, and then he took off. Right, but yeah, when he came back initially, he was like meaningless to me. That's like in the same vein as 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 much as you disagree, but it's still the same idea. It's the Sting thing. It's like big deal to bring someone back, and yeah. then just they fucking lose. Like what <laughs> right. the fuck? Like I'll give you one last example before we start wrapping up here. A great example of this being done was at WrestleMania a few years back. When the New Age Outlaws teamed up with Kane. Yes. And they were like, why are the Outlaws around? Right. Because right? that was the thing. It's like, they had us asking, annoying. but then it actually paid off well. Right. Because yeah. the Shield beat the shit out of them in a couple of minutes. Right. And it was cool because it just like, the it had like significance. Like visually, it was like a great look. It was like, yeah. it was like, oh, I realized why the Outlaws were dominating for a couple months because it was like to make it when the Shield beat them. It yes. was like, and the, and the Outlaws were basically like, they weren't going to ever wrestle no. again after that. Like they were, they were going to go into retirement. So, so like, that's great. Yeah, like see, that's a perfect like use of that. So overall, to answer your question, do I think it can be done well? Yes, yeah, sometimes if the people coming in 
are winning or losing for the right reason, whatever the right. case may yeah. be. There's a right time, I guess, for an old person to win, but it should never, ever be at the expense of someone else's career. And I know it's just wrestling, yeah. but for whatever reason, wins and losses do affect things, even though they don't matter as far as yeah. your paycheck. Yeah, and they like affect yeah. perception. Yeah, and like you said, in reverse, like those that Brock versus Triple H, it's always versus Triple H, by the way, or yeah. Sting versus Triple H nice situation, trend, isn't it? Yeah, it, it sometimes, especially if you're bringing an old guy back to fight another old guy, if the old guy <laughs> that's coming back is like hasn't really been around for a while, and the other old guy has the guy coming in new, fresh should probably yeah. win the match. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all. In any context, my final word will be this. I will turn it over to you. Uh, I don't ever think though that relying on nostalgia is a sustainable business model because eventually you're going to have nothing left to rely on if you need to keep building in the meantime right. so your nostalgia should never compromise what you're building because eventually the nostalgia is going to go away yeah. my, as it always does my closing comment on it basically is that you don't build a business model on it but it, you can do it and you should do it you know once a year at most to make it, a quick buck and it should what it it should be contained to the older guys facing the older guys because I think it's proven to be quite a disaster when you have the old guys face the young guys. I mean, like, old guys versus young guys should literally be, like, for extreme situations like the time Hulk faced The Rock. Yeah, like, that's they, a great example like, of it being good. Right. Just ex super extreme situations yes. where it's, like, people just really, really want to see him face the number one right now. Right. So that's, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. It's generally not good. It, it's not something I ever want to see. I'd say it's, it's a mixed bag at this point. If that bag is mixed the right way and yeah. they do it right, yeah, yeah. I have no problem with it. Folks, let us know what's on your mind about this, about the part-timers or the old-timers or the legends coming back. Should they wrestle A? Should they wrestle each other only? Should they wrestle young guys? What should happen when they wrestle if they even should wrestle at all. You can yeah. do that, of course, by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com or just join the group, you dingus. It'll be a really good time. <laughs> so when we come back, we will be week two of Royal Rankings. That's coming up right after this. walking down the boulevard Past the skateboards and the beggars I was out looking in the windows People love good food, but they can worry about all the garlic in it. Me, I eat what I want because I have Breath Assure, the internal breath freshener. It works from the inside where bad breath often starts. Breath Assure gives me that extra confidence to be close to people. I swallow a few powerful capsules and I have cleaner breath for hours and hours. Breath Assure. In spite of this advertising, Breath Assure has become the number one breath freshener in America. Must be one hell of a product. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here on episode 102 on Monday, October 15th. Hey, Quinn. Yeah? Did you know that the fans can donate to the show if they want to. How can they do that? Well, they can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And folks, I want to make it clear off the bat here, we do not 
need the money to do this current weekly Monday show that you get to listen to each and every week for a hundred. It'll episodes. always be free, as it'll, they say. It'll, in the business in OVP. There is a, such a thing as a free lunch, except the lunch is a podcast. Yeah, this podcast, this one right yeah, here, the one you're listening to with your ear balls. Right <laughs> yeah, now. it's with your ear balls. But if you want to donate, we have made it available to you to support us, and it does help us out. It will help us out, and you can do that in three great tiers: tiers of wonder and amazement, Quinn, and they're very easy. Three easy payment options there. How wonderful and amazing are they? Well, for $1, you get to see the video recording of every single episode each week. It's raw. It's uncooked. It's uncensored. It's unavailable unless you subscribe for $1. Wow. (laughs) And you get to see our shirts. Wow, really? For $1 only? (laughs) Yeah, I'm wearing a red shirt. You're wearing a black shirt right now. We're like the wolf pack. It's red. So join the Patreon. No, it's orange. It's definitely a red shirt. Well, you'll have to find out. <laughs> join the Patreon for one buck. Every Monday, you get to see the raw footage. You get to see the drawing for the Royal Ranking. Mm-hmm. That'll be coming up in very, a little bit. Very dry. Yep, but you can add a dollar to that. And not only do you get the raw footage each and every Monday, but every other Friday, you get Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. Wow. Is Wait, we, is that what we used to do on this show? That's what we used to do for these past episodes here, where we rank the four best and four worst of something. And this past one that came out on Friday, Quinn, it's about Doink. Whoa. So I get more of the Rushmore yes. if I subscribe <laughs> on yeah. this thing. And it's only two bucks a month. Every other Friday, you get that plus the raw video. And then if you really want to max out your uh, piggy bank there for only $3 a month, not only do you get the raw footage on Mondays, not only do you get Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra every other Friday, but on those other Fridays, you get Quinn and I watching 1982 WWF Whoa. in video form. So what you're telling me is this. If I decide to forego a like mocha latte at Starbucks or something. One, yeah. Just one for a month. I get all of this stuff. Yes, you do. For $3. For $3, you get for weekly. For one month. That's it. That's it. And you get weekly content. It's available at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We don't do this for the money, but if you want to donate, we would appreciate that. And if you don't, that's fine, too. We're just happy you're listening. Man, we must be taking a hit with this, these prices. They're so <laughs> rock bottom. You oh, know? yeah, I know. We're really running in the red here. Yeah. Uh, not orange. I think it's orange. <laughs> My shirt is red. We're running in the OVP Patreon. We're running in the orange. <laughs> There you go. Well, Quinn, let's run over to our new middle segment for this season. This has replaced Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, and it is the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. I've never been pinned for a three count, man. I'm better than you are, yeah. Let me do this again. No, it's live, pal. Sorry. I have friends on God's green earth. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again World Wrestling Federation champion. And I'm the best wrestler in the world, and can't nobody tell me different. I'll win the championship match again. I think Axe is going to win because I think he's the only one that beat Andre the Giant. Yoko! Week two. Welcome back to the Royal Rankings, where this season Quinn and I are going to rank the top and bottom 10 WWF world champions of all time. A brief refresher here in case maybe you missed it. Last week, we put Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in the first two spots. Right. And Bret Hart is currently the best WWF world champion of all time. So if you guys have always wondered, you know, who is the best WWF world champion today? (laughs) It's Bret Hart. 
right this second. Right this second is Bret Hart, and in the number two spot, of course, is Shawn Michaels. But, Quinn, today, two more entrants join the fray. Yeah, and they come out at random. Yep, they do come out nobody, at random. Nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, they had the fishbowl in the back or whatever That's it is. Right. And we'll find out who uh, can contend against these two fellas. We'll see where the chips fall. And I want to remind you guys that these 20 entrants were voted on by you, the fans, on the Facebook group throughout the month of August. Wow. So top 20, 20 people made the cut out of the 40, 50 something names. Mm -hmm. And those 20 will be the ones entering. We've got two on the board already. Bret Hart, number one. Shawn Michaels, number two. Let's find out who drew number three. Randy Orton. Wow, young Randall himself. He actually made the cut. He made the cut. I don't know how I feel about Randy Orton. Yeah. How do you feel about him? Because he's in the cut now. The fans have voted him in um, (sighs) into the rankings here. I'm not the biggest fan of his to be honest mm. with you but he had a, he's had a respectable career i would say so i mean he's what nine, nine times time. the champion yes for the record folks in case you missed this again last week we're only counting the lineal from buddy rogers onward right that wwf title the, we're not counting his world heavyweight no. title ranking smackdown any yeah. of that shit none yeah. of that just the lineal title which he first won, Quinn, in somewhat convoluted fashion in yes. October of 2007. Well, he, he had two reigns right off the bat yes, on the first did. day. So He won it against uh, Triple H because it was vacant because that's when Cena had the pec injury that he came back from at Royal Rumble. Now, that's Rumble. not the elbow nuggets, right? That's much later. This is something else. This isn't nuggets. Okay. Now, Orton had debuted in 02, so he was a five-year veteran in the WWE at this point, which isn't too new yeah. to win his first world title. I it's think not he, like they, he was at the point in his uh, career, and he had already been the world heavyweight champion by this he, point. He had been the world heavyweight much earlier than that, yeah. right? And he had been had the legend killer gimmick previously, and this yeah. was now the Viper gimmick was starting to creep so, in. Yeah, this is when he started to stalk Triple H's family and all yeah, this. Yeah, that started to happen. Yeah. He was kicking people in the head. Remember yeah. that gimmick? I kind of liked that Randy Orton as champion. Liked him. He, he was like a weird athletic guy, but he was also Jake the Snake. Like, yes, like, that's it, a good way to put it. It was weird. He was like an entitled preppy Jake the Snake. Right. <laughs> I don't know he how was, else to put it. He was a rich boy Jake the Snake. He was a rich boy. He was Johnny Polo Snake Roberts. Yeah. Basically, and it was an okay reign. I mean, he he had the title mainly the first run was from October of 07 to April of 08. Yeah. It was okay, and then he had it again about a year later in 09. And anytime Orton was a champion, I don't know if we can even go through all his reigns because he had so damn many. Well, didn't he? Wasn't he like recently the yes. champion? Like because Brock like punched him in the face and they <laughs> felt like they were like, oh, that's not right. So let's give him the title. Well, he had it. Uh, and then he lost it to Jinder Mahal. He was the one that lost it to Jinder. So he beat Bray the Wyatt at yes. uh, WrestleMania 33 was his last uh, run here. And he lost it to the hindering gendering. Yes, in May of 17. Yeah. Now, that aside, let's overall, I think, with Orton as champion is, is where to do it. Because he's had so many different phases of his career at this point, right. even when being the champion. The one thing about it, he never, ever stood out to me as this is the guy. Can you imagine him as the face of the WWE? I sure as hell can't. Nor did he ever stand out to me as a guy who was like undeserving of the title. He always felt like a consistent dude you could hand the belt to and you're going to still have good matches. Good matches. Yeah, like, but but he's honestly, like he's a good wrestler. He is. There's nothing wrong with him. I really like him. He's kind of like, um, in he's a weird okay. way, like, Let's just compare him to a sports figure. All um, right. You know how, like, Peyton Manning is, like, 
they consider him the best day to day, but like they never say like he's better than Tom Brady, for yeah. example. Like I feel like Randy Orton is like a good day to day. Yeah, but he's not Peyton Manning. He might be more like Eli Manning was. He was good sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say Orton's good sometimes. I'd say he's he's very much the same always. Like, yeah, but that's not that's not that high of a level. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. No, and that's he's what consistent. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he's consistent. He's consistent, but he's not consistently amazing. He, you know, the RKO out of nowhere gimmick was nice. But how did you like the whole thing when we got to um, WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan and him being the unified grand? great champion and it was okay he was the the corporate champion or whatever the face of the wwe thing where's my title give it back to me it is it's not my- it was okay overall yeah. with randy orton my view is that he's okay he's not very charismatic he's mm-hmm. serviceable i don't know that he's ever given a good promo huh do you think he has maybe in the early run in like 08 I when loved he was his more psychopathic stuff, actually. Before uh, he was champion, yeah. No, when he was intercontinental champion for yeah. like a year or something. That was good era. Yeah. But I don't know, the 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 Viper thing that they established with mm-hmm. him. You was, don't think he was twisted enough? He was just kind of meandering. Like, that was when he, voices in his head. <laughs> I, the song told you that. That's true. I liked his previous song, song better, actually. <laughs> the the face theme song that he kept for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> That one yeah, was very song. funny. Yeah, it didn't fit him. No, it did not at all with that yeah. character, yeah. right? But as champion, eh, I, I don't know. The, Randy Orton to me is very much a, a mediocre. What is the most champion. memorable Randy Orton moment to you? Probably when he kicked Vince in the head. Oh! Oh! What the? Get some help out here! You son of a bitch! To me, it's when he went to um, Triple H's, H's house. house. Yeah, that yeah, whole run. Like, that that was pretty good. And that, that was like his first run. That was a good establishing, like, this is Randy Orton as the champion run. Yeah, I guess that's probably the where I liked him the most. I, I know he had the title after that in oh, 2009. Um, I would also say this. Um, Randy Orton always is portrayed, at least in, rest, like, in wrestling as the champion, as the aggressor constantly. He's never yes. like a, a, he's never like a chased champion like he's always like a he gets on you you don't get on him kind of thing yeah i i understand that he's kind of like lint he gets on you yeah and it's hard to get him off would we agree that he's at least an adequate heel champion to hold yes. a spot i mean he has a face that you want to punch so <laughs> I, I, I can't i can't say he's not a good heel he's a good heel yeah he's a good heel champion but the thing is wwe was never really built upon successful heel champions yeah you don't want to pay to see the heel champion. You want to pay to see the heel champion lose. But Randy Orton's also from a different generation where yeah. we're past the the whole heels not having a chance thing. Triple H established that. Well, probably before him. Yokozuna yeah. really established yeah. that. Yeah, so I don't know. Randy Orton, he's okay. Um, I think the one thing we do have to note in all these uh, you know, nine reigns or whatever yeah. may, is the fact that he was John Cena's rival. And that's the thing that may, might may give him a little bit of a, a shot in the arm. He was John Cena's rival so much that it almost became self-parody in more recent years. But I, it's not a bad thing either. John Cena needed somebody because, you know, Edge got hurt and he was gone. In 10, yeah. Yeah. This like, isn't Hogan Savage, though, Quinn. It's not. This it's is not, not even Rock Austin. Or Brett Sean. Yeah. It's none of those things. Yeah. It's at least number four in terms <laughs> of championship rivalries in WWF. two guys that came in at the same time. Literally but, at the same time. Right. Yeah, in 2002. And, and they, they kind of like their careers parallel each other. Yeah. But not to the end that I think it really helped either guy too much, Quinn. No, probably not. Do you think? I mean, I, I honestly don't think 
that their rivalry is that great. In my opinion, ultimately, John Cena's real rival developed into CM Punk. Well, that like, run was awesome. His real rival, I mean, because, yeah. because all of a sudden, CM Punk, through one promo, had built some weird subtext that CM Punk all along hated him. Right. Like, like that it was like there was always this rivalry in the backstage that we didn't know about. Like, right. right? Like That's they, a good they point. pretty much established that all in one promo. Yeah. The other thing about Orton too, Quinn as champion is a lot of his reigns were very, very short. Except yeah. for the first one was was really long and the one in thirteen was right. pretty long. Yeah. But other than that, a lot of these nine reigns were he had a, a one day reign or two. He had very short, inconsequential reigns. So overall as a champion, before we find out who drew number four here, I would say that he's decent i mean he's not a it's face okay. of the company he's not he's not great he's okay i guess if we were to judge him i'd say the the most fair would be to judge him by his two reigns of consequence and that would be the initial one and you know when he stalks stephanie and all that shit yeah, yeah. and his daniel bryan like after he the one that where he yeah. beat daniel bryan at SummerSlam, right, right that, that one. one because that's the other long one those are the those are the two ones that stand out all Same time here. for him the rest is just a mishmash of the, like the random rest, title the changes. The rest is all just trading with Cena. Pretty much. Uh, and yeah. a couple of Batista and a few others yeah. in between. Competent wrestler. I yeah. like him as a wrestler. I really do. I actually, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, some people say a lot of wrestlers don't show up all year, unfortunately. And I think Randy Orton's kind of one of those guys. Yeah. But at WrestleMania, I, ha- I have to admit, the last couple of years, I've really been impressed yeah, he's very, very good on the big stage. Yeah, he's very good on the big stage. And I would wager that if they hadn't given him the title so many damn times in between 07 and then, yeah. that he might have been viewed as a more important champion because he would have had more meaningful reigns. Right. You know, so it's not necessarily all his Maybe fault. Maybe they di- diluted him. They might have diluted him a bit. And again, I don't think he's that charismatic and right. not, even heel charisma. I just don't think he's that interesting. But right. I think he's he's competent. He's good, but he's not an all-timer of any, any, but any kind. According to our fans, he's at least in the top 20. He's at, at, at least in the least. top 20. We'll That's find correct. out if he makes it in the top 10. Yes, we will. And let's well, f- I mean, he's technically going to make it at least in the top four of all time. For, for, for now, he will, so, yeah, yes. <laughs> but let us find out, Quinn, who drew number four. It's the rattlesnake, wow, Michael. That was unexpected. <laughs> all right, now oh, we can... the rattle one. So we had a viper, first of all, mm-hmm. and now we have a rattlesnake. Quinn. Two snakes, and that Two was snakes. completely at random. I, I, that yes. is not to be like this. Really, is random drawing. Yeah, as if you you can find out on the Patreon one dollar tier, we actually drew these. Yes, we really um, did. I hit the button or whatever. Yeah, and yet. it was. You can see. Yeah. All right, so Steve Austin Quinn. This is uh, an easy one to talk about because he was champion at the height, of the second boom. Mm-hmm. of business in the Attitude Era. And this one is going to be interesting because Austin is one of the most, if not the most popular yes. world champion of all time. You got a nice big fat ass. Let's run through the reigns first, I guess, because it's easy to do with him. Very easy. Yeah. We all know he won his first title at WrestleMania 14 against Shawn Michaels. Very notable victory. Yep. And, I mean, him winning it to me, it, it kind of it makes me happy. It makes me think of yeah, this was like when WWF literally hit the like on switch yep. to the Attitude Era. Like, couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, like, had Mike Tyson there counting the pain right. for him. He beat Shawn Michaels. Yep. Michaels lost. Yeah, oh, that's Michaels lost a title in the ring. Fair and square. Pinfall. 
It's yep. amazing. So don't give Sean any <laughs> crap for holding people back there. Now, because it was the Attitude Era, and because uh, you were at the helm there, Quinn, bro, bro. he had a one-day interruption of what I would nonetheless consider a pretty long reign. I would say, okay, this is one of my favorite one-day interruptions because okay. of, like, this leads to a really cool episode of Raw. So, basically, Austin fights the Kane. Yeah, the Kane. The Kane in a first blood contest. Yep, at King of the Ring 98. Now, Kane wears a mask so everyone knows what's going to happen here. But then, and he had also debuted his double sleeve attire. <laughs> which I don't think he ever wore <laughs> no. again after that. Very rarely. The debut <laughs> yeah. and like undebut of it. So so he obviously Kane wins, right? Yep. And then Vince McMahon has the shoes the next day on Raw. Yes. He has the old belt for some reason. Not the new one. Yeah, there's the old WWF title belt is in yeah, the case. With the red carpet. The Robin Leach uh, yeah. belt. And they were going to present the yeah. world title to Kane and what happened, Quinn? Austin interrupted yep. and and basically like he challenged the cane to a match and that night there, there you go and you know he he won on like a very very exciting raw yep this kind of like I felt it helped Austin's first reign a lot usually these one day things don't help right but I thought this kind of like the ball was already rolling, but like the Austin Kane thing and with involving the supernatural people started yeah. to get a little like stale ish, I would say. And like this all of a sudden is like, wait, there's like stakes. Austin yeah. could like really lose it. Yeah. Like, so you think it a... actually helped to make him vulnerable? Yes. And unlike Hogan, it's like, I think what people were thinking with Austin was is that, oh, this guy's just going to be the champion for like four years right. straight or something. Right. And like this established that no, like Austin is in very high danger of losing the title at any time. And this established that. That's a fair point. And Austin will go on to hold it a few more months until uh, he was double pinned by Kane and Undertaker, if I'm not mistaken. Which led to the title being vacated. Yeah, and the whole rock run that we love. And then Austin won it. Uh, his next notable reign was very short. March of 1999 at WrestleMania 15. Right. He defeated The Rock for the first time on WrestleMania in a pretty good match, but not their best, obviously. Not their best match of all time. But again... um, that was just another. It, this was this is probably the most ho hum rain. Like it was just the oh yeah, Austin's like the number one guy. Like nineteen ninety nine, you know. It was both ho and hum. Yeah, they, they were both very ho, very hum. Both, yeah. And then he lost it to the Underwear Taker mm-hmm. a couple of months later at the infamous Over the Edge pay per view. Then won it back in June. Now this was um you know Satan Taker, right? This was Satan Taker, and now this is where it was. Why did they? have him lose it to The Undertaker. And the only reason, I guess, is Vince Russo, bro. Bro. Because he didn't need to. Well, I think, if you think about it, Satan Taker needed it. This was the one rare... This is the one rare time that Satan Taker, well, regular, just Undertaker in general, needed the title because they needed to establish, like, okay, this is, like, a new, more powerful... Okay. Undertaker, like, well, that's a fair take, actually, yeah. Quinn. I'll yeah. give you that. And then, of course, Austin won it back anyway about a month later and didn't lose it to Triple H, lost it to Mankind. Oh, come on! That I don't like. Uh, and then he did not have... Yeah, that whole <laughs> <laughs> but then this was what I liked about his reestablishment as world champion, is he sits out from November of 99 until September of 2000 to basically to heal up from well, the, from the neck injury. Well, you mean when Rakishi hit him with a car or whatever. Oh, yeah, sorry, because like, he did it for The Rock. He did it for the people. And then he's on the comeback path in late 2000, and he wins a Royal Rumble. Yeah, that was exciting. And he's a big face again. And not only that, the dude can wrestle normally again almost. Right. He's a bionic redneck. He has, like, like <laughs> fake legs. The bionic redneck. Fake neck and... Steel. Uh, fake arms. He had braces all over all, him. All yeah. kinds of braces. Yeah. And we have, of course, the best match that he had with The Rock at WrestleMania 17. I would say his, his finest moment. I love Winning it. the title. 
Everything about this is yep. good. This is him turning heel. Yep, and then he turns into paranoid, like weird song singing Steve Austin oh, and all the that cowboy hat throughout the summer of oh one. And then Kurt Angle gets the baby cowboy hat. I got you something, you little rascal. Hey guys, how's this look? I feel like a real cowboy. Yippee kaye! And then he feuds, <laughs> he feuds with Angle. They trade the belt a bit, and then Jericho finally dethrones Austin for the last time. That was Austin last had the title, in believe 01. it or not, in 2001. So, I mean, that seems weird. So it's a short, uh, compact amount that he had the world title. But it's not annoying. It's not annoying, and not only that, especially in 98, 99, and I guess even 01 when he had it, it always was the right time. Yeah, he never was the champion for no reason. One thing I always I noted about Austin, and this is something that became more apparent to me, I guess, yeah. over the years, the thing I like about Austin is that he never was like champion because like of you know his reasoning for being the champion wasn't stupid. It wasn't I don't to be so. like the owner of the company or like right. run the company. It was right. always to be the best wrestler. I always like that motivation as well. Right. I mean, that's what he says in the intro to this, you know, that he's yeah. the best wrestler in the world and can't nobody tell me different or whatever. But he always like was consistent about that. And even when he was like crazy paranoid Austin, yeah. it, again, it was about, I need to be best wrestler. Like if you remember during the WrestleMania X seven match, JR keeps putting emphasis on the fact that it's like, he needs this. Yep. He needs to be well, the best. Remember Austin like, says in his interview, I need to beat you, Rock. Yeah. I need it more than anything you could ever imagine. Remember right, that in that exactly. interview they had? Yeah. During the Olympus Biscuit video package yeah, which there? is the best video package to a match ever. So, in the glut of Randy Orton matches that happened, I'm sure there were some good ones. Austin's, to me, obviously stand out more. Yeah. I thought Austin's series with Dude Love, both of those good, in 98 yeah. were good. I thought Austin and Rock, 01 especially, but even 99 was okay. Yeah. Uh, I think Austin... Promo-wise, though, on a whole other level than anyone we've talked about yet. For the last few weeks, shut your little lips. Why come that punch your glasses off right now? Probably the best promo world champion, without question. Well, at least so far. So far. Because Brett and Sean, I mean, we they're okay. Yeah. Uh, Orton, I'd say he's even less okay than them. Yeah. Austin, in 98, this guy was a magnet, man. You needed to watch him to see oh, yeah. what he was going to do next. He no was, doubt about it. He was funny. He was abusive in a funny way. You didn't never knew what he was going to do. You like, literally didn't. Like a beer truck. Zamboni. Uh, Zamboni. Bang 316. Yeah. Cement in the Corvette. He made the owner of the company pee his pants. He did. On the, TV. The bedpan. Yeah, the In the hospital. Yeah. There's just so many stupid things that he did. And that's that why he was the champion. All while he was the champion. All while he was the most entertaining thing that they had. And that's what you need. You need a champion if you're going to have someone really be your guy that you can't miss. You can't say that about Orton. And literally, they couldn't even miss, like, not even just can't miss, like, on TV. They couldn't miss. Anytime this guy was out, he was gold. Like, That's true. Even in the later stuff when he's paramo- paranoid or whatever. Oh, he's funny as hell. He's funny. great. The whole, like, him playing the guitar. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. And then didn't the what come from that too? What? Like it was that around era? that time, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a little regrettable. What? Because it still I, persists. But I thought it was funny. It was funny when he did it. It was funny when he did it. What? It's yes. not funny anymore. Even when it, what? I love that he had a shirt that was in <laughs> yeah. the Austin 316 yeah. font, but it just, it said, just what? said what? It was great. Like, it, it was the perfect like what? follow-up shirt <laughs> yes. to the Austin 316 shirt. And that's another thing. This guy sold merch out the wazoo, and we're yeah. not talking about your Shawn Michaels hat or your Bret Hart denim shirt or whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> Austin 316 shirts, variants, baseball jerseys, hats, yep. pants, everything. This, Camo. This was the most marketable champion, or at least they marketed them right, since Hulk Hogan. Right, without question. This guy was not only a product of the era, he was part of the reason for the era. He was the era. He's hand in yeah. hand. In the same way people say Vince and, and Hogan you know, were meant for each other, or Vince and the or Hogan and WrestleMania were meant for each other, Austin and the Attitude Era were meant for each other. This guy was the definition of the Attitude Era. Let's make the business boom again. Fuck all the old guard. Let's change the way things are done. He is the ultimate anti-hero. He is one of the best of all time. Longfellow couldn't say it any better. So it's time to rank them, Quinn. So who do we got on the list right now? Well, we have <laughs> no, at number one, Quinn, Bret Hart. Ooh, a list has pulled up in the studio. <laughs> and at number two, Shawn Michaels. Okay, so first off, we don't obviously have to put anyone, shift anybody down or look anywhere different right. in this list. We know there's one yes. and there's two, and that's it. That's who there is, so Brett and Shawn. who do you want to start with, Randall yeah, or let's, Austin? Let's rank Randall. Okay, so is Randy Orton better than Brett the Hitman Hart? There's no way. <laughs> I mean, in what categories could he be considered better? As champion, uh, well, member been champion. The, he's been the champion nine times. But most of that was meaningless short runs. He was a champion in a time that business was better. Not because of him. Not, and because, I don't, not, not because of him. And arguably, I'm not sure in which regard it was better. Financially, yes, but they were public. Creatively, he's in the dirges, man, for most of that. Here might be, this might be a controversial thing to say, though. Yeah. But this is also due to just time in general. We always say that, like, obviously, match quality goes up just by virtue of, like, years going forward, right? Cause I don't always say that, but people do. Would you say, maybe not, I don't know if either of these guys, but would you say Randy Orton's had any WWF title matches that were possibly better than, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart? But let's just stick with Brett first. Probably not. I mean, honestly, because wouldn't we know about them? Mm, probably. Um, I don't think he has. He's had some decent stuff, but... I thought he's had some decent stuff with John Cena. Yeah, but nothing approaching the level of stuff like There's Brett nothing, or Sean has. Let's put it this way. There's no Randy Orton match that I can say I remember, like, the date of yeah, or, like, the right. event that it took place. And because, that's and that's not even me just, like, not watching as much wrestling. That's I watched me, his like, stuff. We, we watched plenty of fucking Randy Orton mm-hmm. at this point. This isn't us, like, being uh, removed from the product. We right. remember him as champion, yeah, like, right. all the time. Yeah, he was constantly the champion. It just wasn't But memorable. there was never a time... As opposed to, I think, John Cena, who was like a peer of his era, where right. you could be like, yeah, I remember when John Cena fought at the ECW uh, One Night Stand or right. something like that. Or when, he f- or when he had the feud with Edge that was really good. Or, or when, when he fought, fought CM Sha- Punk at the Or the Shawn Chicago. Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Or Umaga, for crying out right. loud. Yeah. See, case in point. Right. But um, young Randall, we can't say that about. Now, Shawn Michaels. So definitely Randall's like below right. Brett but, the Hitman. Let me ask you, is yeah. Randy Orton better than Shawn Michaels? Well, I think As you, world that's champion. the worst person to ask. I know. Well, but, you asked me about Brett. Okay. Well, Shawn Michaels, um, the one thing, the one strike against him is business was bad. And yeah. That's not, uh, Again. I don't know if it's his fault. It's not. It's just the way it was at I that think, period of time. I think the thing that's going to come into play here again is the deal we just said about the matches and the memory. Shawn's are better. He most notably had some of the best matches a WWF champion ever had. We said that when we were yeah, ranking Sean. Last week. I mean, yeah, the Mankind, the yeah. Diesel. The match where he won it is really good, and yeah. it's not an all-timer, but right. I mean, even the Bulldog stuff was pretty good. Even when he last dropped it, 
to Austin was a very notable moment. That's a heroic performance by both men, especially Sean. Right, because he is literally like can't walk. Yeah. But he makes it look like he can walk. It was a tremendous, tremendous gutsy showing by both guys. Yeah. Promo ability. Is Orton better than either of them? I wouldn't say he's better. It's a different style. I think the Orton style is supposed to... It's they it's by design deliberate and slow because he's supposed to be like a stalking predator type character but I yeah mean, but still. I, i'm just saying it yeah. is like but he's never really given too many i mean he had some decent stuff don't get me wrong yeah. like some of the the initial psychotic viper character it was pretty good work right and that's all him as a wwe champion he was yes he was more the the legend killer as the world heavyweight and um intercontinental, intercontinental. yeah so i'd say that in marketability you market a guy like Brett and Sean, I think, more easily yep. than you do a Randy Orton because he's not likable. And you can at least squeeze some likability out of the other two. Yeah. So I'd say Randy Orton is probably number three right now. So definitely Orton is number he's three. He's the number three. He's currently the number three. So congratulations. Congratulations, Rand- Randy Orton. At, at number three, you are the third greatest WWF champion, right? You right know, now. As of whatever time you're listening yep, to this October show. October 15th, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It's official. So, Quinn, Steve, Austin now. Okay. (laughs) So, actually, let's start at the bottom for this one. Okay, yes. Is Steve Austin better than young Randy Orton? In every single possible way. (laughs) Now, like, why? He is a better wrestler, meaning more fun to watch in the ring. Right. He had better matches. Okay. He was more engaging. He was Mm -hmm. more magnetic. He was more charismatic. He was champion when it mattered and his reigns mattered, he was someone you could go weeks without seeing Randy Orton on TV and you wouldn't care. Austin, if he was gone a week, it was a big deal. It was like, where the hell's Austin this week? Unfortunately for Mr. Randy Orton here, I think that if he disappeared tomorrow, I'd probably forget he existed. I think if he disappeared five <laughs> years ago, we would have forgotten that he existed. We'd be like talking about him now and being like, oh, yeah, remember Randy yeah. Orton? That, was, that yeah. was interesting. When did he leave? What happened with him? You yeah. know, like we wouldn't care. Yeah. But Austin was a guy that was can't miss for most of his time right. there as champion. I mean, especially that first run. Okay. So definitely better than Randy Orton. In every single category. Like without question. Yes. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Is he better than the man he beat for his first run? Sean Michaels. Let's look at Sean. Remember, we talked about Sean's strengths going into this with the match quality. Well, it's mainly his strength, yeah. His main strength. Um, his athleticism. He, he was, uh, I would say he was an early attitude kind of guy. He kind of helped usher We in. mentioned that, yeah. yeah. The second run, or I guess it was the third run after the screw job, he really did help to usher that in in a promo way. Do you think he set the table up very well for Austin to take the mantle? I think Austin had already been helping him set the table, honestly, throughout 97. Setting that they were both like somebody took the forks, and somebody <laughs> yeah. took the spoons, yeah. and like they Some... were both kind of helping. Maybe he, maybe Sean got the placemat out. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Maybe yeah. a tablecloth or something yeah. like maybe that. Maybe Undertaker went and got the napkins. And Undertaker, yeah, another guy and Mankind, they yeah. were all helping set the table. But in terms of Michaels or Austin, who's better as champion, Business clearly was better during Lawson's run, but that's not the only category here. And a lot of times we're going to view that as a consequence. I mean, not as a consequence, you know. What? I will say this. I think Sean had the better matches overall, but I think Austin has the best match match between the two. And that being The Rock versus Austin Hmm. at WrestleMania X7. Yeah, and also also has that second one against Dude Love as an all-timer. The second one, May of 98, is really good. Whereas Michael's Best one is probably Diesel or Mankind, would you it's say? It's almost hard to tell with Sean. 
Yeah, they're both really good, though. Yeah. Those are his two real best matches to champion, I'd say, are Diesel. I like the Diesel one better, personally. I know a lot of people like the Mankind one, I but I, I thought, like the I thought one that too. was pretty fun. It's got a better story because of the personal history, yeah. and it's got a clean finish. Right. Whereas the other one doesn't with Mankind. Right. I think Austin does edge him out, though, because he... Is it slight, or is it, like, dramatic? Austin was more entertaining, plain and simple. Overall, overall. I'll give him that, yeah. Uh, Michael's, Shawn Michaels it wasn't afforded the same opportunity because he was in a more restricted era to correct, be fair to him. Agreed. Um, and Michaels was entertaining in the DX era right. as champion. But I think Austin was the guy that you could really put build your company around. And Michaels never felt like that guy to me, that you build yeah. the company around him. It was like it was around him because he was the best guy they had. I'll say one last thing about Shawn Michaels. Yes. I think we would be ranking him much higher if um we could even include the second run. But we can't. He never he won the world. The, yes. Yep. And I think that's definitely, uh, it's not a point in his favor or anything. It's just like, it's worth noting. The yeah. list. It's like, worth noting. Because you that. might say, how could Shawn Michaels, especially if you watched, maybe you didn't even watch till 04 or 05 right, or something. Yeah. You could be like, how could Shawn Michaels not be better than so called? But you have to remember, this is about the title. Yeah. You're actually being the WWE champion. Right. This or is, WWF. This is not just about your whole career or right. their whole careers. Yeah. Uh, Austin's better than Michaels, yeah. In this, in this, yes. I think so. So that puts Steve Austin on. Well, right now he's in number two. In the number that, two that, spot. That, that will shift Sean and Randy down to three and four. So to update the rankings real quick for you, number one, Bret Hart. Number two, Steve Austin. Three, Michaels. We four, Orton. We aren't done yet. But right? we're not done yet because now Austin and Bret. Right. Okay. So here we go. I think a lot of the same things we said about why Austin is better than Michaels as champion, you could say the same here. Right. For I think he's better than Brett as champion for the same exact reasons. Business was down during the Brett thing. And again, we don't blame the wrestlers, but it's just true. Right. Marketability. You could market Brett as a hero and all that. But this was an era of the anti-hero. According to Brett, you can only market him as a hero. Well, yeah. Apparently. Even though I thought he made a great heel champion. Fantastic but, heel but champion. in his eyes, yeah. it's very inferior. In fact, Brett's heel champion... It, it might be better. <laughs> it's tremendous, but it was only from SummerSlam to Survivor Series, whereas his heel character from March to right. SummerSlam was awesome, but he wasn't the world champion. Right. That's the problem with it. That was Brett's best heel period. Yeah. was before he won the world title. Right. Uh, matches. Bret Hart. Mm. He had the Bulldog match, right? Again, I'm going to say this. Bret Hart, again, like Sean, has the best matches, but I don't think, as far as a WWE championship match, I don't think anyone so far can match that um, that Austin Rock, Rock Austin. thing is like... You're really clinging to that one, huh? I love that match. Like, yeah, I, I love really it love it. Like, no, I, it's great. I, I really think it's like, it, it's quite an achievement. You don't think the Iron Man match touches that? I don't. You don't think Bret Bulldog <laughs> touches that? No. Brett Owens Steel Cage is a good contender, though. It's I tremendous. Don't think it touches that. I think the WrestleMania 10 is better as well, which yeah. he was not champion there. Brett Backlund, I mean, we've talked about these. Brett had almost, it's funny, I think he, to me, his best match is not as the champion. It's against Owen Hart at WrestleMania yeah, 10. I know. And against Steve at Survivor Series 96 yeah. and WrestleMania 13, right. where he wasn't the champion. Yes, against Steve also. So yeah. I would say that Brett Hart overall, the better wrestler. Yes. But as champion, yeah, Austin probably had the advantage of having uh, at yeah. least that rock match. But again, I find it amazing that Austin was able to eke out one of the best matches of all times with the style that he had to downgrade himself to in 01. I think so. I mean, his match against The Rock, 
it's still really good. We watched it for a commentary. I think it might have been the last yeah. commentary we did. Last yes. OVP commentary. And I remember you hadn't seen that match in a very long time, and you were even, like, kind of impressed. It still held up very yeah. well. Yeah. But, I mean, even matches aside, even if they were tied, Quinn, Austin, magnetic. Yeah. Again, I have to go with that. He had yeah. the charisma. And in a champion, yeah, that matters. And it, there is, that does have a piece of the pie there, you know, yeah. I would say. And just, just the overall, like, the enormity of in like what Austin represents to wrestling as a whole. Yeah. You know, Brett's great and all, but no one thinks of him as like the, the greatest champion of anything. I don't think like ever. I don't think anyone would call Bret Hart the best world champion of all time. I don't even think they call him the best wrestler of all time as seen by Rushmore right, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So, and I would be amongst those people that wouldn't call him the best world champion. I think Steve Austin for the number one spot, if you're okay with it. I'm okay with it. All um, right. And that was quick. Somebody got dethroned there. So yep. let's, um, I guess go over the list. Yeah, um, we're going to go over the list here. Let's start at number four. And folks, before we get to that, I just want to remind you, let us know for the four that we've talked about, let us know your top four. Because yep. you might have a different order than we do. You might have a different number one than we do, for all we know. It's right. possible. So well, let us, at, Even at this juncture. Yeah, even yeah. At, that's what I mean. Yeah. At this juncture with these four guys, how would you rank these four? Let us know. You can do that on Twitter. You can email us, or you can, of course, join the group. But, Quinn, let us now congratulate the best World Wrestling Federation champion of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd like to congratulate uh, Bret Hart for currently now being the number two best WWF champion. Yes. Congratulations to Shawn Michaels at number three. And a big congratulations, <laughs> uh, an accomplishment, I would say, to making it this far. Randy Orton, the number four greatest WWF champion of all time. So there you go, folks. That is the top four as of now. Join us again next week for week three as we add two more guys to the mix. But when we come back, Quinn, we are reviewing something. Back after this. Here's Killer Kowalski, former champ, to show you the new Battle Royale, an exciting board game. Battle Royale is real wrestling. The power, the move, the excitement. With Pro Wrestling's Battle Royale, you're in the ring. In Battle Royale, you're the wrestler. Rules are clear. Four can play. Excitement mounts as you wipe out your opponents. My face rate could clean up Central Park. Defender spins. Foreign object. I win! <laughs> Battle Royale is real wrestling. It's fun. Get Battle Royale today. Battle Royale is available only on TV. Call toll-free 1-800-554-8000. Order now at nineteen ninety-five and get three free issues of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, a $6 value. Don't call them the aftermags. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here in episode 102. Quinn. Yes? Before we review something, <laughs> oh, well, we'll delay okay. the inevitable here. Yeah. Did you know that there are other wrestling podcasts out there that are pretty good? There are. There are, and let's talk about some of them, because they're oh, friends of the show. This is like a segment about them? <laughs> this is like a bit about them, okay. yeah. This is where we give our friends some love. So let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing. Guys, check that out. It's uh, every Monday, so you can listen to it right after us. It's run by two guys, Quinn, that have actually worked in the business. One of them is a referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. Mean Mike Crockett. The meanest of Mike's. Crockies of Crockett. daddies. He's very big. And he is joined by an even bigger guy, Quinn. He is a wrestler, a current wrestler. He is Ring of Honor's own, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. What kingpin? 
excuse me, what's his name? The Wine City Whaler. The Wine City Whaler, now, Brian Malonis. Honey, uh, the newest episode over there, uh, yeah. well, maybe not newest today, but last week, yeah. their AMA, they had a lot of success on our uh, message board, that yes, AMA. Yes, it did. Um, You're and, welcome, Crockett. Yeah. Some people asked the origin stories of the Wine City Whaler, which, um, uh, which are revealed. I. It was nice to hear that character, Brian Malonis, yeah, uh, right, right. acknowledge that name. Yeah, the Wine City Whaler. Because it's, it's a big one. It's, it's a it's, big name. And the origin is I'm sitting next to you right now talking to right. you. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it, but they, they had asked. Yeah. They did the fans say. wanted to know. Brian did ask for names. Yes, so he did. He, That's true. You're right, Quinn. I didn't. was no meaniness <laughs> in there, okay? So check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. It comes out every single Monday. You can listen to it right after us. And they bring their perspective as guys that have worked in the business. They bring that to the show. little retro, little current, little perspective. It's a really cool show. The Wrestling Podcast about nothing, WPAN. Quinn, also, I like to listen to, and I know you do too, on Thursdays, it's Greetings from Allentown, hosted by our little brother. Yeah, little baby Petey. Little baby Petey Winston. And now Petey, little Petey here out, Greetings from Allentown, he hosts a one-man show. It's a critically acclaimed show, Quinn. People really like this show. What critics? I don't know, some critics. And the reason is because what Petey does is he'll take an old episode of, I don't know, Worldwide or something like that, and what he'll do is use that as his canvas to paint you a vivid, imaginatory, psychedelic picture of the world of retro wrestling interspersed with his own personal anecdotes, reflections, and remembrances. It's it's psychedelic. You don't have to take any drugs. All you have to do is hit play on your (laughs) podcast. And it is a trip that will last you about an hour and 30 minutes each and every week. It's a great romp through the world of retro wrestling through the eyes of one very unique man, one Peter Winston. Check it out. Greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown. And also, let's give some love to our southern compatriots. Yeehaw! Let's go down <laughs> south. Book in the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. And they describe themselves a bit of the southern fried version of OVP, if you know what no, I'm you're saying. You're talking with the southern Get accent. a little sweet tea there. Sweet tea, southern fried. I don't know where they're from or what they uh, what, <laughs> what uh, they're actually state Tennessee they're from. I don't know, Kentucky. Kentucky or wherever you're from. But what they do is they cover the Smoky Mountains, which don't have smoke. We've talked right. about that. Uh, didn't we get some kind of uh, clarification yeah. on the boards about the Smokies? Yeah, they used to be on fire or something like I that until I, Keith Hart helped. I already forgot. Yeah, it's all right. Me too. And uh, they also talk about the Crockett years of the NWA. So it's really good stuff. They are the unprofessional wrestling podcast that is booking the territory. So check out our friends of the show, the wrestling podcast about nothing, GF Allentown and booking the territory with Mike Mills, friends of the show. Quinn, I'm sorry, but we're reviewing something. Why did you do this? Okay. Background on this real quick. Yeah. So it's 1985, folks, and the World Wrestling Federation has been taking off. You know, the WrestleMania in March was a big success. They were lighting the world on fire. They were lighting it on fire. Hulk Hogan was a big name, a household name he was becoming. He had been on Saturday Night Live and on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and he was quickly becoming a household name. Some would say a house of fire. (laughs) Some might say that. Yeah. Now, the WWF had been expanding the last few years, and one market they had not touched yet was Puerto Rico. Now, in Puerto Rico, kind of dominated at the time by World Wrestling Council, and that is owned by Carlos Colon, that the youngster. Young, the youngster, <laughs> yes. It is Carlos Colon, the Caribbean champion. A lot of fire in this youngster. Carlos Colon's World Wrestling Council was the, was the WWE, essentially, of Puerto Rico. I would say a stronger challenger to them than in, in, in a territory than any other they, yeah. they is pretty much like a monopoly. So WWF decided to run a show there on October 19th, 1985 from Hiram Bithorn Stadium. I, what is that? I don't know. Now, 
The WWF ran this show in this stadium in Puerto Rico. Quinn, I want to ask you something. What do the Shea Stadium show, WrestleMania 9, SummerSlam 92, all have in common? They're outdoors. They're outdoors. What is a meteorological risk you could run if you hold the show outdoors? Rain, of course. We, we oh. might even hit that risk. We might hit yeah. snow or something when we go to WrestleMania. At the WrestleMania, right. Yeah. It's the rain. Rain, you say? Yeah. Okay. Let's keep that in mind here. This is an outdoor stadium, and it's in Puerto Rico, where it rains a lot in the month of October. Now, this stadium held about 18,000 people. There were about 1,200 there. There's not even a lot of people there before it's raining. (laughs) (laughs) Let me put it this way. It was not a very strong debut for the WWF in Puerto Rico. In fact, Quinn, World Wrestling Council ran against them. Of course they did. I don't blame them. I really don't blame them. I don't blame them either. It's like, get the fuck out. Like, this is our territory. To further complicate matters, Gorilla Monsoon has a history with Puerto Rico. Does he now? He, I never knew that. He boxed Andre the Giant down there in 77. Uh-huh. Not only that, he owned a piece of World Wrestling Council. Did he still own a piece? I believe so. Oh. Ooh. So Gorilla Monsoon might not have his whole heart into the show. Do you think he had a vested interest to sabotage this show? Sabotage, no, because Gorilla was a company man, but I bet internally he didn't care how this show did. Right. And it seems like no one did, because we're going to get to it here, folks. You know, Gorilla's a gambling man. This is probably yes. literally the best bet possible, where you're <laughs> on, you have a piece of both. Right. So that's just like, have them duke it out and see who wins. <laughs> I, I make money either way. <laughs> so this is WWF in Puerto Rico, October 19th, 1985. This used to be available back in the day on the old WWE 24-7 network. Well, if you were in the right month or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, that was limited. It wasn't yeah. in the days where you could just go on a website. Right. So let's get to it here. We actually get a cold open with the man himself, Gorilla Monsoon, and the very small microphone. It looks like he doesn't give a shit. Maybe now we know yeah, why, yeah. right? Hello, everybody, and welcome. Gorilla Monsoon here at ringside in the beautiful Hiron Bifton Stadium here in lovely San Juan, Puerto Rico. So he's got a very frilly light blue shirt on and a black bow tie. The, the typical gorilla attire, yeah. you know, that puffy. The like 80s. The, well, it's more well, the 70s for him, yeah. formal attire, which I never understood. For him, it's the 80s. Yeah. He, he kept that shit going yeah. for a while. He didn't really switch to the non-puffy till about like 89 or yeah, so. Yeah, maybe like, like yeah. 88 or 9. Yeah. The first words we hear from him after his little introduction is him being heard over the entire PA system <laughs> amidst horrible feedback. All set to go with this bout here from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Gorilla Monsoon is not only the the sole commentator for the show, he's also doubling as the ring announcer. It's horrible, Joe. It's heinous. Everything about this is shit. They keep, like, opening his mic at the wrong time. Yes, they seem to not be telling him when when he's announcing the ring announcing (laughs) and when he's doing the commentary. So there's times where you hear him doing commentary throughout the PA and it all fucks up. It's really funny. But Quinn, our first match here is Steve Lombardi versus Tony Atlas. How does he still work here? We we watched this 1982 shit. All the time. Sorry, it is shit. It is. Every two weeks, right? And I've said to you, Every single week, Tony Atlas, like first match, sucks. every every time. He and sucks. we never can escape him. We can't even fucking escape him in the review anymore. It's three years later. How does he still work here? I don't know. And he looks like he doesn't care. Less than usual. Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. So anyway, 
Steve Lombardi here. This was really strange. He takes off his black tights. Yeah, this was weird. <laughs> to reveal gold tights. Right. And they're like, I'm not talking like he had like pants no, on no. or anything like trunks. that. It's just like trunks over trunks. It was very strange. It was like when Goldust took his hair off for yeah. the first time and you're like very confused. <laughs> Except this is Steve Lombardi. It's not about Doink and his yeah. trunks are gold. Now, Gorilla Quinn notes uh, Tony Atlas's capabilities. You mean nothing? <laughs> Like he doesn't have capabilities. He's he's one of like the worst. Yeah. of like all time. He's a terrible wrestler. I, I regret now. Like we almost might have to like revisit eventually. Like the wrestlers' death valley. Yeah, because <laughs> fuck this guy. Another one on my shit list right here. <laughs> we should also note the ring here is clearly not a regulation oh, ring. Oh no, it's like a pony ring. Like, it is. It's like a foot off the ground. Right. Not to be confused with. And there's a red mat with a giant Panasonic logo I on feel it. Like we're in Chikara territory right now with this ring. <laughs> We're in backyard wrestling territory yeah. with this ring. Yep. You said like the turnbuckles don't even exist. Like the turnbuckle oh, yeah, covers. They're barely there. There's not, they're not even there. So we can see rows and rows of empty seats visible. Yep. So we get some fun facts from the WWE 24-7 network, such as that Rock Hudson died in October of 85 at age 59. Did he like fall off a boat or something? Is like, that what, what it was? I don't remember. Like, I don't remember the, the details on Rock Hudson's death, but he was only 59. I, I would have thought he would be old. Yeah, I would think he'd be like 70 or something like that. So there's not much happening in the ring here as Atlas doofs around. Uh, Phil Necro Quinn got his 300th win in October of 85. great. He was on the Yankees at that that time. Yes, I didn't know that. That's it! Holy cow, what a win ended! A strikeout gets his 300th career win! The um, very good 1985 Yankees that came in second place to the Toronto Blue remembers. Jays. nobody Yeah, they were really good. Yeah. A good team. Don Aren't Baylor. They like the unsung yeah. Yankees. Like, yeah. Dave Winfield, Don Mattingly. It was a really good team that year. And Dave Winfield, though. Like, he was he, good. He notably gets like the shit they and, brought. He was supposed to be the big deal and they brought. They won like nothing. Yeah, they him. won nothing with him. War with Mattingly for that matter, yeah. unfortunately. Anyway, uh, Lombardi with a junky chin lock for a minute. The Royals won the World Series that year, Quinn. I actually saw that trophy and it's the only World Series trophy I've ever seen in person. When you I, went to Kansas City, right? Yeah, I, they they have it on display to this day. Did you see Harley Race there? No. Did he cut you in line in the ROH? That was only in New York. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you think we sound disinterested, so does Gorilla Monsoon. As Tony Atlas looks like someone took a chisel and just carved out that tremendous that he has. So we get nice uppercuts by the brawler and then more chin lockery. Gorilla says... There's plenty of action and excitement here. Nothing's happening. What is he talking <laughs> I don't about? No. Worst action. Maybe, Bad action. Maybe he was the worst announcer in 85, yeah. Quinn. I don't know, man. By I mean, himself, he's tough to listen to. Okay, he had to be fair, he does have to like put it over. Like yeah. we did we did note that about a good announcer last week. They I have think. to put it over. You're and right. He, he did his job here. He, he said tried. like look at all the action as they were like sitting on their asses. <laughs> I mean, what else is he supposed to it's say? It's not like he had anything to work with. Uh Gorilla does warn us of the upcoming WWF action in Egypt, Australia, Italy, and Europe. Is this how we get that like the women with the hair no that's that's paris oh paris yes i like that he categorized italy and europe as two different things which is kind of funny yeah (laughs) apparently oh that is weird apparently italy's not in europe he Uh, he just messed it listen gorilla's like literally like off the seat of his pants or whatever the phrase is flying by the seat of his pants flying by the seat of off the cuff whatever he's doing here it's bad yeah this is also by the way and i'm not exaggerating one of the worst opening matches i've ever seen (laughs) it really is they're not doing anything one guy stands up after atlas does a body slam and then a press slam gets the win for uh, mr usa that one guy that stands up he literally stands up and he 
causes everyone else to have to stand up in the entire audience. Down in front. <laughs> yeah. It screws up the whole thing. The whole Don't flow you of the crowd. That when yes. you go to a show, by the way, anytime I go to a, a wrestling show, there's always the guy you need to yell down in front to. Yeah. And it's the most annoying thing ever. I like when the Kevin Owens ran into your balls that one time. God. At ROH. Yeah. That was it's a awful. real story, folks. It's a real, it's a really on camera, too. It's a true story. Blind crime fighter who turns into <laughs> daredevil. True story. We cut to our next match with the ring announcer, Gorilla Monsoon, who's doing it from the table, by the way. He's like he, not he's in not the getting, ring. Yeah, no, he, never, he's getting he wasn't his, in the ring on the last he's one. He's not getting his fat ass up for this. Anyway, Quinn, it is Tiger Chun Lee versus Corporal Kirshner. And you asked me a very pointed question. How is there no ring announcer down I, here? I don't get it. <laughs> My, I was making like a theory with you that I was like, well, maybe there was like, you know, Puerto Rican ring announcer that did everything in Spanish, but they didn't put it on camera so that they could film this for us or whatever. But I don't think so. I think I, it's just Gorilla. Yeah, I don't. Tony, uh, what's his name? Tony Baloney. What's the guy's name? Mel Phillips unavailable? Yeah, I guess not. Maybe he was backstage uh, sniffing the feet. Well, it, there's a lot. There's, <laughs> there's a lot there's, of feet to There's sniff. a lot of feet he hasn't encountered in Puerto Rico. So maybe they lost him. So anyway, Corporal Kirshner makes his way through the field. Looking- By the Corporal Kirshner? Are we serious right now? <laughs> so yeah, you said actually, like, what is this show? The Worst of the World Wrestling yeah, it Federation? Yeah, a, a Coliseum tape called Worst of the WWF <laughs> Volume 1. Uh, we get a chin lock by Tiger Chung Lee, who was apparently named by Stu Hart. Tiger and what Chun-Li, a tiger. Because you're from the Orient. We're in the second match, and I'm being, like, really regretting our Death Valley. Best wrestler we've seen so far? Steve Lombardi. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Tony Atlas sucks. Corporal Kirshner is, like, inoffensive he's to terrible. me. Just because he's, like, he's terrible, but he was around for five minutes. Yeah, it's true. Like, but Tiger Chun-Li has been around for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Like, he's awful. So they kind of do nothing. Also, they just dick around in the corner for a bit. Crowd's quiet. Gorilla has nothing to say. But it's after the fact, so it really doesn't matter. In control of this match, Tiger Chung Lee. This is the kind of show you put on the background noise. Like, you put on his background noise and you, like, clean your house. Like, it's just like, there's nothing to note here. By the time you're done cleaning, it's pretty much over and right. that's it. You're you've like, watched oh, it. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, that kept me company while I was, <laughs> yeah. like, vacuuming or whatever. Some poor karate by Tiger, reverse chin lock. Really, this is not the way to debut in a new territory. Oh, it's awful. It's not how you do it. You don't put these guys out there. I don't know why anyone would ever pay money to ever see a WWF show again. If you lived in Puerto Rico, I mean. Gorilla says the title of our show, Our Vantage Point. From our vantage point, it's very difficult to tell. It's not the first time, and it won't be the last. Nope. Yeah, double axe handle by the Tiger there. Or as Gorilla keeps calling him, the big Korean. He's horrible. This is horrible. Where did they... Where did you find this crap, actually? <laughs> not, not even, where did they find this crap? Where did you find, this is uh, a horrible thing. Why did you do this to us? Well, that's a fair question, Quinn. I saw this about a year or two ago on an old YouTube channel of a, you know, a dearly departed YouTube channel right. that was run by a good friend of the show. I remembered it and I, I, you know, I ordered it, you know, I got it in the mail yesterday yeah. and I figured we would watch it. So, you know, that's all. Okay, very, very well. simple. Sorry. Okay. Front face lock by the Korean. Uh, a very young Tim White is our yeah, referee. Yeah, that was weird. He has a very he, black beard. He doesn't have a tie, though. He does not have a tie. He looks like he doesn't belong there. He doesn't look... None of this should belong there, Quinn. I thought he was, again, another local. Like, no, it's Tim White. Because yeah. he does look thinner and different. Yeah. He doesn't look like a ref that I had ever seen. Right. Still in the front face lock here. And you said they're wrestling like it's the Royal Rumble, and but they're in the corner. Like Yeah, they're like, doing the, like, get him over the top move. <laughs> like, it, it, like the grabbing his butt and yeah. like, trying to, like, but, like, in the middle because they're, they're like, oh, wait, this isn't the Royal Rumble. Awful. And then the win here. Clothesline in the beauty by Kirchner. And that's it. That's the win. 
a yeah, clothesline. Wonderful. Okay, so this the big Korean here. Yeah, he's Japanese. Um, he's not Korean. Don't let the, don't let the WWE lie to you. He's that, not Tiger Chung Lee either, right? That's not Yamoto, his name. His name is like Migo Saki. Was he one of the guys Sarai? that trained Bret Hart? Know. He might have been. All I know is that no, he he was born in forty eight. Oh, 48. So uh, it was like a, a situation or something where they sent him to Korea to train him. And that's why he says he's from Korea. Is that kayfabe or real life? That's real. What? Yeah, that really happened. That's, now, in, that's in his personal life details. So was he sent to South Korea? He was. Okay. So not yeah, North Korea. Not North. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Gorilla announces the winner here, but his mic stays on. So the commentary reverberates through the stadium. Horrible. Corporal Kirschner. Chops up another victory here in the World Wrestling Federation. Take a look at him. And then we're back with Ricky Steamboat in the ring to face Moondog Spot. Look at Steamboat's hair like swaying in the yeah, wind. Yeah, it was very glorious. It was pretty glorious, but I, there might be a storm. Yeah, it's ominous, Quinn. In, right? yeah. Yeah. So at least he's facing the good Moondog Quinn. Spot. Yeah, spotty, as Gorilla always calls him. He's good. I don't have a problem with Moondog Spot, do you? No, I don't at all. I, I don't mind him. He's a decent wrestler. Yeah. Steamboat has like the all black long tights on, by the way. It's before the red tights or whatever the hell else he yeah. wore. And I was asking you like, why were the moon dogs like a thing? Like, were they from the moon? Like, what? Like, they what weren't. is their deal? Well, they were dogs. Were they supposed to? Be? They carried bones. So, but they wore cut off jeans. Let me let me make a um like a head cannon for this. Go ahead. My theory is this: they were dogs on the moon, but right. like you know how like the the sunlight's different on the moon, and like oh. it's said to have it make things different. It's when they get to Earth, they change into human form because that's okay. like the Earth level of sun so it's kind of like superman being normal on his own planet right but when he comes here he's he's not basically on the moon they're dogs <laughs> but when they're on earth they're they're people gorilla says couldn't tell from our vantage point again Wrist- number two <laughs> lock city for a while spot grabs a bear hug too for fun uh mm-hmm. steamboat fights out big chops knee drop for two some martial arts kicks get the win Wonderful. really off of kicks yeah. this is a show of shitty finishes a clothesline a press slam there's nothing really to comment about other than again like head cannon about the moon dogs and yeah. how bad the wrestlers are like it's, I don't care about any of this and the ref kind of looks like Frank Stallone or maybe it's Frank Shamrock yeah, someone's this brother is really weird I've never seen that guy must have been a local Puerto Rican guy he right? has to like, be I, honestly because yeah. I've never seen this yeah. man in my entire life right but anyway, he looks like a less famous brother. Maybe yeah. he's Ozzy Canseco. I don't know. He almost looks like Danny Davis in a weird way. If Danny Davis was really hitting the gas, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway, our next match, Quinn, it's the spider with Moolah. So yeah. it's not Moolah as the spider. Right. So that's clarified, at least, because I was about to say, is this when, like, Moolah wins the belt? No, or? that's a little later. Yeah. Uh, so Moolah looks like an idiot, by the way, in her, like, shiny aluminum suit. I never got, in general, wrestling women attire in the 80s. I don't like, know what Moolah's wearing. Like, it's shiny. That's it's all terrible. I can say. It's terrible. She's got those stupid money symbol glasses that aren't even sunglasses. They're just their glasses with money symbols in them. She sucks. You, I don't like I know Moolah. you hate Moolah. She's a terrible. I hate her too, but awful. Um, yeah, she's awful. So anyway, Spider's opponent is uh, introduced or announced, I should say. It's Wendy Richter Quinn with Cindy Lauper, believe it or not. Well, if they'll ever get there. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> because the dubbed in theme, whatever I'm, I'm assuming. Like it plays for like an hour. It, it, listen, folks, <laughs> I'm sure it was originally girls just want to have fun. It had was to playing, have been, right? Yeah. And they dub it. Whatever they dubbed over, it becomes catchy. Yeah. But it takes a while because literally this music plays for like three or four minutes. <laughs> and all that's happening the whole time is 
Mula and Spider are like in the ring walking around. You could probably play the music because I don't even think Gorilla's commentating. Yeah. But you probably play it right now. So you that said, plays forever. You said everything about this show is a disaster. It's horrible. Yeah, like, Gorilla can't, has to do the ring announcing. <laughs> yeah. The music isn't right. People aren't coming to the ring on time. <laughs> it's all bad. The crowd that's there doesn't care. Yeah. Really, it's terrible. Oh, and they'll care much less. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, we get them to come out. Mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper has a giant purse with her. Now, I was wondering, like, was this because she had to be, like, careful? This is the same place where, like, People might get, get shanked, shanked, or in trouble in other wrestling organizations. Not get burgled in, in, Puerto, in Puerto Rico. Yeah, well, very specifically. And was that in WWC or was that in the no, other that one? That was in WWC. It was right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if like she was like just for her safety brought her in case purse. Jose Fernandez was backstage or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, because like stabbing people. It's not even to be like like bad or anything. It's just to say like this place has a history. Like, well, it would have a history, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a violent little territory, though. Right, yeah. So anyway, Lopper, I guess, pulls a pink hard hat out of this bag and yeah. then wears it, and I don't know why she was yeah, wearing I a don't pink know. hard hat. Yeah. Tim White has, like, a big dirt stain or blood stain on his shirt all of a sudden. What was that about? Why I does he have a stain? What I don't was know. He why, doing? Does, why does he have a blood stain Maybe on he him? was backstage with Jose Fernandez or whatever right. the guy's name they, was. You know, the whole Bruiser Brody thing. That's, That's what, what we're, we're referring to. Yeah, yeah. That was like three years later, but right. it's still, it's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, this whole thing from the time we cut to the entrances here right. has been going on for like seven or eight minutes and nothing has happened. The match hasn't even started yet. It's a non-title encounter. And by the way, it's only about a month before the original screw job, which yes. was when Wendy Richter was pinned in a shoot by the fabulous Mula at MSG and lost the oh, title. Spider lady, but. Yes. Spider. They're going, oh, small package. Nicely executed. Whoa, was that close? What was that? I don't know. We get a lockup, I guess, for a lack of a better term to start. And then yep. we get an awful slingshot by Richter, sold even worse by the spider. And then Quinn and I are debating who's under the mask here. I don't know if it's like Lonnie Kai. I don't know. Judy Sherry. Martin. It could be Sherry for all we I know. I don't think she was there in 85. It could be a local. I don't know who it is. Does who anyone knows? know? I don't know. It ain't It ain't Velvet, though, because Velvet was thinner. But I think it could have been Judy Martin. If it was, then Judy Martin's thinner, too. And she's also not like 100. Well, the mask might be hiding some things, Quinn. Yeah. I don't know what other women there were that they would have had that. It could be a nobody. It could be a local. It could be a local. Know. Anyway, the ladies roll around for a while. And I, I think I figured out why, Quinn. This is about 30 years before Stephanie McMahon. Oh, right invented women's wrestling so of course they don't know they what don't, to do they don't have moves yet yeah because stephanie didn't invent them right stephanie didn't invent the wrestling yet mula tries to interfere and lopper comes over with a big doofy like clown retractable fist See, this thing. is what i mean bringing out weapons to protect yourself and then you some, know she's got the doofy uh retractable punchy it's horrible thing. it's like a scissor thing with a fist <laughs> on it and then she just hits mula with a purse and that fucking bitch, Mula, oh, no-sells all of this. You got very mad about that. Because this. she's literally no-selling everything. I mean... Come on, I sell! Would, I don't know if she was, like, no-selling or... She's no-selling, Quinn. I know it when I see it. I'm just saying, like... She's ignoring it. Do you think it would hurt a purse like that, get hit by it? At least sell it comedically. Bobby Heenan would have. I'm just saying... Sherry Martel would have. Do you think... Just, Kurt Hennig would have. Just in a slight defense of Mula. No. I, I don't like to defend no. her a lot. But, like, do you think, like, she just... In her brain as like an old school wrestler thought, oh, this shouldn't hurt me. It should like 
be something that like gets on my nerves and I should get mad at Chaser. She's like, an asshole. That's all I'm saying. She's a dirty asshole. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's still a shitty match going on in the ring. Crossbody gets the win for Wendy Richter, and Gorilla announces that Wendy is still the champion, even though this was non-title. But I guess he's correct. She yeah. still is the champion. Well, uh, <laughs> he's correct. It just sounds stupid. Yeah. We cut to our next match, Quinn. Big John Studd is introduced in his bathrobe, apparently. It looks so like we got a main event coming up here. Mid-card main event, I right. guess so, yeah. And his opponent... Accompanied by the military. Yeah, it's General Adnan. With him and, and <laughs> no, he's too busy being interviewed by Mooney. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I played soccer at high school. What? And I wrestled over there. What? We have good, good wrestling team in that time. What? Real American Quinn is dubbed in because Hogan did not get that as his entrance until 86. Yep. I'm sure it was I, the Tiger here. It's a dub in, though. It's not a it's, poor one. It's a well-done dub in. Yeah. Hawkster Quinn has his all-white attire today. That's his I-don't-give-a-shit attire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. It is, kind of. The bell's gone, and we get a lockup to start. Stud pushes Hogan off, and then we get another lockup. Hogan does the push-off and then poses. Big John goes for a slam, but he can't, but Hogan can't either. Stud maintains an advantage in a test of strength for, like, four minutes. Hogan finally, finally gets out of it and does some punching. This stinks! <laughs> it's horrible! All of it is bad! It's, what is... What, why? Why is punching and tests of strength... This is the champion! What, it's terrible, why, guys. I, if like, I, I mean was, it. I was in Puerto Rico, I'd just fucking leave. Like, would you I at least would get leave. some empanadas on the way out? I wouldn't even... No, I wouldn't even wait for what happens to happen... Yeah, later in this show, you just I get just, the hell out of here. Sucks. Half hour like, in, I'd be like, well, "Is WWC still going on? <laughs> Can you get a cab ride over there?" Yeah, like seriously, <sighs> bear hug by stud as the umbrellas start to pop up. Quinn. Oh boy, the rain begins. Just to add to the shittiness, as Bright Gorilla's laughing all the way to the bank, literally as the <laughs> rain comes down. More bear huggery. Gorilla calls Hogan an inspiration to the youth of the world today. That's right, kids nope. do steroids and have no hair. <laughs> So he fights out, Hogan does with a bear hug, as the ring mat starts to get very slick, very, very slippery. Quick. Very quick, very yeah. slick. That Panasonic logo is doing them no favors yep. here. The mic is picking up the rain, which is just strange to hear. You never hear that in a wrestling show. So people are now using chairs as umbrellas, like these wooden chairs. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Oh, as Stud is clearly talking to Hogan in a bear hug, like, what are we going to do? Yeah, it's like, okay, how, bro, how do we get out yeah. of this shit? So this is a kind of a scary exchange. Hogan, first of all, very lightly fights out of a bear hug. Right. But then he unwisely goes for an atomic drop. He, and mind you, now the ring is like an ice skating rink. Like, Hogan, it, it's horrible. Yeah, Hogan almost slips doing it, and Stud slips on the cell of it. Right, and you can tell Stud is almost mad yeah. that Hogan did that. He's like, what? Yeah. Like, I could have like broke my knee or yeah, something. Yeah, or Hogan like, could have torn his meniscus. Yeah, somebody could have gotten legit hurt in that move. He could have dislocated his patella, Jess. It was very dangerous, <laughs> and Stud literally like rolls out. It's like, fuck yeah. this and leaves. There's like a five-second brawl and then Stud leaves. That yeah. was just a surreal thing. Gorilla gets on the uh, mic here and announces the winner, the fabulous Hulk Hogan. Take a look at it. There he is, the winner and still world champion, the fabulous yeah, because that's, that's his name. <laughs> okay, I feel like this is killing our gorilla argument. Right? Last this week. is really killing it. Maybe yeah. 85 was justified. You just picked. This is your pick, too, I know. Joe. I you, shot you, myself you in the shot foot. shot yourself in the foot with Gorilla. Well, to be fair, Gorilla by himself, I never said was Maybe good. Maybe this was the reason why he wanted this, this particular show. He's no Lance Russell to be working by himself. No. He's no Gordon Soley to be working by himself. Well, those two... 
Well, oh, no, don't you suck. ever say anything about Lance, Lance Russell. He's a fine, gentleman. Yeah. He's probably the best announcer of all time. Gordon's only good in one company ever. In the fish stick company. No, oh, it's Gordon. Continental Champion. <laughs> so Hogan kind of looks, I'm not exaggerating, he, he kind of looks like sad. Like he, yeah. like the crowd was ripped off and he feels yeah, bad. Yeah, like he wants to like, he poses a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah but like yeah, half-heartedly. Yeah, it's just like, oh, Like, I don't think he's mad at stuttering. I think he's mad that it rained and he feels bad for the crowd. I mean, people, you know, you, the kids have been waiting all these years. I'm to sure see they Hulk. have. Yeah, right. They're the, like, who? The, the hero to the youth, Joe. <laughs> yeah, they don't even know who this is, yeah. half of them probably. We come back and the rain is worse, <laughs> folks. Worse. Yep. There's like 60 people left. It Gor- is bad. <laughs> Gorilla introduces the next match. Which, oh, my God, Quinn. Ready for this one? Yep. Barrio. <laughs> Of course, his girl says Barrio. From Las Vegas, Nevada, 235 pounds, Barrio. Yeah. <laughs> and Iron Mike Sharp, who I love. Yeah. Versus the Killer Bees. Your favorite tag team, Joe. Ugh. And they're they're drenched before it even starts. They're like in a pool. Yeah. Like. Gorilla says the sky has literally opened up. I would say it's monsooning. <laughs> the ring mat is soaked as Gorilla speculates that an inch or two of water is on it. And for once, that's not hyperbole. Yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe we're saying this, but Gorilla is not faking it. No, like, there's like an inch or two of water. an inch of water. It's horrible. Yeah. There's literally nothing these guys can do. Yeah. So we get a list of the May birthdays from WWE 24-7 on demand. take turns reading these off? Yeah, Booker T. Boss, man. Bill Watt. Bill Watt. Brian Knobs, oh. our favorite. Hercules. Owen Hart. Bastion Booger. Santana. Yep. Regal. Kidman. Dr. Death. Ron Simmons. Alex Wright. Superfly. Blue Meanie. Dick Slater. <laughs> Road Dog. Pillman. Bischoff. Mosh. Who's that? Uh, Winky. Oh, thank uh, yeah, you. <laughs> Winky himself. Steve Carino. And Snake Roberts. That's all of your October birthdays. Yes, it's more interesting than this match. Yep. Barry- I mean, it really is. It that, really is. That, that, I just read those. So Barrio flops around in the pool here as Blair slips while pu- while delivering a punch. What is this match? What are they even doing? Why didn't they just cancel the fucking show at this I point? Like, I'm serious. It's hazardous. They yeah. can't do anything. It's horrible. The ref falls down. Gorilla calls the footing treacherous. Yeah. Barrio, I like this, though, because I guess he could. Barrio slides across the ring on an Irish whip. Yeah, it's I like guess. a slip and slide. Yeah. Like, like, when else do you get to do that? Yeah. Like, he did it on purpose, you, know, you can tell. He, you know that he's just having fun at this point. He doesn't give a shit. He had to. This, sh- this show's over. You gotta keep him away yeah. from Mel Phillips, by the way. Yeah. Barrio. Mm. Barrio. Yeah. Um, anyway, B. Brian, as Gorilla keeps calling him. Just B. Brian. Yeah, B. Brian. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't... D- what? Since when does he not call him that? <laughs> just Brian like Blair. Not, not his full name. Yeah. Again. Yeah. He gets the pin on a very poor small package to end this garbage. And then we get a shot of Gorilla in a big piece of plastic. Yeah, it's like a plastic... <laughs> Tarp is over yeah. him at, at the like TV and everything. It's horrible. Yeah. The next match is the Intercontinental Champion Tito Santana what? versus Randy Savage. Now, okay, Gorilla at the beginning of this, we we forgot to mention this. He's like Miss Elizabeth will consequently be with us. Like he he hypes Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, like, he like does. she's gonna be at ringside like announcing or something. Is kind of the the way his tone is, right? She's not there. Yeah, she's, she's not, not with Savage. There. Now, I said to you, I was like, this would have actually been kind of interesting to see, like, drenched Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like... The glamorous Miss Elizabeth right, covered like, in water, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, well, it would have been funny. You would have liked that, would you? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been like funny, that? but... You would like to see that you little made, wet dress there? What? You made a point, Joe. I figure Savage was like, oh, Elizabeth, because you want to stay back there because we can't have the people coming out there and see your wet. 
Do you think that this was like yes, like this is Randy Savage overprotective? Yes. Like he knew what would happen. Yes, if she got drenched. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I think. We get a big Randy chant from the seventeen people left. It sounds like a boys' softball game here. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like when you go to the park at like. <laughs> You're in like a rec softball league, and right. like you know, like some of your friends show up. It's like, yeah, you know, because your work friends or whatever. Three of your work friends show they're, up. They're, they're trying to make it like, yeah, let's root for him so yeah. that he like feels good. But it's like that. They're just hungry, and yeah. it's been a long day at work, right. and they don't want to fucking be there. Yeah, that's exactly. what this sounds. Come on, Tony, hit the ball. Yeah, good cut. So anyway, it's still raining. We get the Memphis rain stall here. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Randy Savage's style really fits this. <laughs> It does. Tito has his blue trunks still, by the way. Right. Gorilla says, he has a funny line, well, we're underway here and almost underwater. <laughs> what a disaster of a show this is. Like, it seems like it just had to be fun at this point. Yeah, because there's honestly. Like, who cares? Like, basically, it's just like, well, we've proven we can't do this. Yeah, in we're Puerto soaking Rico. wet. Like, like, fuck it. Like, right? everything's against us. Yeah. Like, just fuck it. It'll be over soon. Yeah. Let's just have fun with it. So Tito with some right hands to start as Savage slips around. Front face off by Tito. Gorilla says he's in the plastic dome, as <laughs> oh, he calls it. I'm in the it. plastic <laughs> dome here. Hey, some guy has his shirt off, Quinn. I don't blame him. Like, you don't want to, like, I don't like to be, like, drenched because it's, like, uncomfortable with a shirt, you know? A, a wet shirt is yeah. much worse than being wet with no shirt. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Just take your shirt off. It's like you're in the shower. Hour, you yeah, know you're in the it's shower a, it's cool it's cool it's cool so savage bails and picks up something from the grass and puts it into his <laughs> knee pad no but it, i mean he's not and he's like not even really trying to hide it no like the ref sees it yeah he's, tito sees it who cares like it, <laughs> this show's almost over it's funny that gorilla keeps calling it a knee brace yeah. by the way he can't not get pad. the term right yeah anyway savage bails again and we're literally seven minutes in with nothing happening oh my god it's just these guys walking around trying to avoid falling and gorilla struggling to find anything to say many of the ringsiders hanging in there as everyone is drenched because the umbrellas didn't help too much as the referee goes sliding across the ring and Savage finally jams Tito in the guts, as, as Gorilla says. Yeah, in the guts, not the gut. <laughs> the he has guts. multiple guts. It's like a cow. Yeah. With whatever it is he had in his knee brace there. <laughs> and then Tito with a horrible small package. It was yeah. like a broken package. It was like a damaged package that he returned because it, FedEx broke it. It was bad. Yeah, that's it. Horrible. It, tremendous title defense, I suppose, but yeah. uh, I hated it, and it was horrible. <laughs> this is what, it, it's actually one of the worst matches I've ever seen the Macho Man in general be in. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not kidding. As if his stalling tactic, like, wasn't irritating in 85, but at least it led to something. Yeah. Now it's his stalling tactic, and it can't lead to anything, because they can't wrestle. Right. You know? It's horrible. It's really bad, guys. Yep. And now, Quinn, it's time for what the crowd came here to see. The spoiler... <sighs> And his opponent, Quinn, your favorite and mine, Pedro Morales. This is pandering, Joe. It's terrible. Like, what the fuck? Well, Gorilla calls Pedro a former Mr. Everything. Doesn't that make him a Mr. Nothing now? <laughs> He's Pedro needs to go away. Right. Like, I, like some of the old wrestlers like yeah. we talked about earlier, right? Right. And no, and this is this is the perfect example of like not being good like, <laughs> and it, still being around still being around yeah i agree so spoiler alert here attacks with a few poor punches and kicks spoiler alert this is horrible this match 
Pedro with a few punches and then a very, even worse than Tito's small package to get the win in like a minute. <laughs> Good. And then Gorilla announces the winner, the incomparable. Yes. Yeah, it is true. You can't compare anyone to him. Gorilla's made a name up for every single person. <laughs> yeah, like the, literally the everyone. fabulous. Yeah. All this they're all bad. Uh, the incomparable Pedro Morales gets the win as Gorilla signs off. We get a reverse angle like behind the table. Yeah, Gorilla's giving like a James Wolf kind of look yeah, like, like over the shoulder looking behind him like the angry video game nerd in 2009 yeah. only yeah whenever he used that angle he, he had that angle like the whole year but <laughs> yeah, yeah it was weird you look like an asshole and it shows the monitor that gorilla was using it's literally like a regular early 80s tv yes this explains the whole tarp thing they literally use like an 80s television which is enormous yeah they're very big and probably very susceptible to um water and like electricity and electrocution. Yes, I would say so. So they clearly were like covering him for the safety of the entire arena, probably. Yeah. Because I mean, literally, if, if that caused electrocution, everyone's wet and in a stadium, everyone yeah. would have been electrocuted. You don't want that. Yeah. And I have to say, my two favorite parts were Gorilla's mic constantly fucking up and the yep. very end here, as we see like <laughs> kids doing gymnastics yes. and fucking around on the wet grass. Yeah, like, like at ring, like, in the ring area. Like right in front of Gorilla. Literally no one cares anymore. And that's how we fade to black yeah. is with that. And like the 24-7, 2006 yeah. or whatever. This was truly one of the worst WWF shows. Probably the worst we've ever seen. Not hyperbole. Yeah, it was hideous. This literally was probably the worst WWF I show ever. I was the worst show I've seen. No, but, but WWF. WWF. Like I can't believe they didn't just cancel it and just stop filming it. Right. Like seriously. Now, I want to mention, folks, that two of these matches were actually released in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Hulk Hogan and Stud was on Hulk Still Rules. <laughs> rules. From, was that Hulk from, Still like, the rules. 90s? I mean, oh, maybe well, that they like... Cassette, the DVD, right? Hulk Still Rules. That was later, wasn't it? I don't know, actually. Or was that 2000s, even? Maybe. And then someone had the bright idea to release the tag match... Brunzel and Blair against Sharp and Barrio. Now, let me guess. That had to be most unusual matches, right? No, it was on Best of the WWF Volume 16. Well, how is that best? That's one of the worst <laughs> matches I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know how that made it. I think that that's the one where they had like stuff from all around the world. So, wow. overall, Quinn, a horrible shit show. Terrible. An absolute debacle. A terrible like, way. It sounds like we're back to the normal OVP with that fucking episode and sounds Jeez, like it like that was terrible and to really hammer home and add insult to injury to the wwf do you know what the main event was of the show that world wrestling council ran against them this night i'm gonna say it's uh carlos cologne versus somebody carlos cologne versus abdullah the butcher come on and on that, that note, like, oh god, that's what beat the WWF. But folks, thanks so much for being with us here for episode number 102. We will, of course, be back next week, as always, to dive into the world of retro wrestling. We'll have Royal Rankings Week 3. In the meantime, reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join the group. And if you'd like to, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next week, thanks so much for being with us. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are saying adios. See ya. Well, Gorilla Monsoon here, uh, still at ringside, slightly drenched as the skies opened up here in San Juan, Puerto Rico. 
and really pour down on the World Wrestling Federation event. But as always, the troops hanging in there as the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation deliver, as always. Gorilla Monsoon saying so long from San Juan, Puerto Rico. What? what?